This is exactly right. Today on Bananas, mm-hmm. we got some crazy stories from you crazy bananimals. It's another mini-sode. How you doing? I'm doing so well. I'm realizing as I'm opening my mouth that this is the first time I've said any words to another person in about 24 hours. So if I sound a little groggy or a little raspy, it's just just getting a little rust off the pipes. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was back when stand-up comedy existed uh, Mm -hmm. and I would go out on the road. It would just be like the first time I would speak to someone (laughs) is when I went to the club at 7.30 p.m. I would just be in my hotel room like writing or doing whatever and just just speaking to no one. And it's so weird. It is like a very strange when you first open your mouth. You're like, oh, I haven't heard my own voice in... 20 hours it's weird because as a writer and i have been working on scripts for both days i'm listening to dialogue in my head i'm listening to characters talk to each other but i'm not in that conversation and my mouth is staying (laughs) shut so oh boy i'm sure at some point during this i'll just start singing to myself i'll start singing in the shower again um Uh, so so we got some pretty stories yeah we got some pretty good stories you guys really came through this time um, very excited about them. Who wants to go first? What do you think? You know, I'll go first because you you always launch us into outer space of bananas in the regular episode. So on this mini one, I'll dive right in. Sweet. Okay, this one comes in on Instagram from Katie Knight, a.k.a. Katie Melba. Melba was my grandmother's first name, shockingly, so I had to pick this one. Sweet toast. And it's about grandma, so hold on to your booties. Oh, that was good. Uh, My mom grew up an army brat and moved all over the place. When she lived in Baltimore in the 1960s, she worked for Quaker Oats. When the family moved to Germany, my mom just assumed it was for my grandpa, who was in army intelligence. About 15 years ago, we were at a family reunion, and my uncle casually says, Hey, Charlene, you should ask your mom about the time uh, she worked with the NSA. We all laugh because my grandma is four feet ten, and basically afraid of everything. <laughs> Classic grandma. Um, <laughs> my grandpa says, no, she really did. She had a higher security clearance than I did. She had a gun mounted to her desk and was instructed to shoot anyone who came in through a specific door because it meant there had been a breach. That is so amazing. <laughs> my, mom rec- my mom then recalled a time as a kid when she was watching TV and uh, my grandma made the comment, quote, that gun doesn't sound like that, end quote. At the, time, <laughs> at the time, my mom just thought, you know, whatever, mom, you think you know everything. Grandma then revealed she actually didn't work for Quaker Oats. That was just a cover. They also got sent uh, to Germany for the grandma's job, not the grandpa's job. She'd been tight-lipped about it uh, the whole time, and ever since, she won't talk about it anymore. So uh, this family reunion had some big discoveries being dropped. 
Every time we ask her, she says, it's classified. We did manage to get her to tell us that she was part of a security team that intercepted messages from the Pueblo. Uh, and Katie mentions here, you should look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, the page is bananas. So I did. Quick side note. So the Pueblo incident, the Pueblo was a ship. It was um, built in the, for- in the 40s, but in 1968, it was part of this thing called the Pueblo incident or the Pueblo crisis, where 80, uh, 83 American... Basically, it was a it was a research ship that had been turned into a spy ship, uh, and so the Navy had sent it over, and it gets captured by the North Koreans, and these guys are held for eleven months. It becomes this huge international incident, and it's kind of the most famous and sort of the most bananas detail. Also, the uh, one man was killed during the uh, initial attack when they were uh, one soldier was initially killed, but then after that, they were just held, but they were tortured. And the most bananas detail is, and you might have heard of this, Kurt, like. Uh, when the North Korean government, they were taking photos of a lot of the crewmen as like, aha, ha, we got you. And all the crewmen are holding up middle fingers in almost all of the photos as like a <laughs> fuck you to the torture. And the North Koreans didn't realize this for months. So they were sending in their newspapers and out to like news outlets. And it's all these American soldiers looking furious, being like, yes, they're treating us very well. But they all have <laughs> they're flipping the bird like uh, like their hands on their laps, flipping the bird. Anyways, Crazy. that was the Pueblo. So this sweet little 411 grandma, I was working on that. Uh, so she kept saying things like, uh, quote, that's not exactly what happened or that's not what's really true. And then another time my mom remembers uh, seeing the guards at the Berlin Wall as a kid and being really scared. Grandma got really panicked, look, and said, we never went to Berlin. I was too valuable of an asset and couldn't be captured. So there's a little mistaking here. <laughs> My mom still isn't sure if the memory is real or if grandma was channeling Obi-Wan Kenobi when she says, we never went to Berlin. So the grandma is now still alive and kicking. Um, but yeah, bless her heart. She was, a, she was a spy for the U.S. government for years and her own family didn't even know. Oh, my God. That's a great story. That is so bad. I love that. A couple things. I love that it was Quaker Oats, which is such a classic old lady job to have. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. at this time, she probably wasn't an old lady. She was just a lady. Um, But now that she's a grandma and then worked at Quaker Oats, um, I mean, it's the tasty, it's the the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it. I also like that there's a death. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I I haven't had Quaker Oats in so long. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was Brim. They got Wilf out there. Um, yeah. It's cool that there's like a death door. That, yes, that there that's were what two I was doors. Say. Yeah. The fact that there's multiple doors and she has to shoot whoever comes through that door. <laughs> if she gets confused for a moment and just shoots a person coming through there, she's like, no, that was the secretary's door. <laughs> Who ordered gorditas? <laughs> no, sir, the left door. Just blast this poor kid. Just three uh, doors right next to each other. <laughs> Always being like a left one. The le- is it the left one? No, is it? It's the left one. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And it's cool that that, I mean, I'm sure that's existing these days too. But yeah, to it's all a good cover. Katie, it's a great story. I hope one day you get a little more clarity on it. But uh, thank you for sending it to us. I you're love getting, it. You know, getting, my, and yeah. you know, my brother... Uh, works for the state department he is a diplomat mm-hmm. um and i remember visiting him because all that stuff is so it's like uh you know you see it in tv and stuff like that and you're always assuming 
the reality of it is much more boring than <clears throat> what we see in movies and television about like being a spy and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Uh, but then there's like little things that you like uh get like get introduced to that you're like maybe it's not as boring like i assumed it was just like super boring like almost there's no real there's like maybe five real spies (laughs) and everybody else is just doing paperwork um but i remember going to visit my brother in prague when he was there at the embassy and like he gave me a tour of the embassy and then he showed me like from the front door to where you kind of like go upstairs to like mm-hmm. the more like secure area, the hallway just kept getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Oh, that's so weird. And it looked really kind of like it was actually like very architectural and interesting. But then he just pointed out to me that at the stairs at the end of this like narrowing hallway had uh, the wall to the stairs had slits in it. So it looked just very like modern and futuristic yeah, sure. and cool. And he's like, so see what this is is uh, if anyone ever tried to uh, attack this embassy, the Marines would just shoot people through these slits <laughs> as oh, they came down into a narrowing course. hallway. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, that's oh. such a fucking... And well, of course, that's... that's never happened to the, to the Czech embassy. Um, my gosh, that sounds like hey, when I was a kid, my friend's older brother, he, the first time I went over to their house, was like, hey, Scotty, I want to show you something awesome. And he took a Papa's on chair, and he took the, the big round cushion, and he took the frame of the cushion, and he's like, get down on a ball on the floor. And then I got down on a ball, and then they put the, the Papa's on chair, like the frame over me, like a hard net, and then they, he sat on it, and then he and his friends like, punch me and kick me through the holes and, and i couldn't even like i was just in a cannonball shape and i mean they weren't like hurting me hurting me but they basically like trapped me under a babazon and then just prodded me until my friend was like okay you can stop he's spending the night tonight what an initiation what a blood in blood out initiation good kids all right are down. hit me with one i would love a banana story this is great this is from francis hamilton hall great name uh, so about seven years ago, I was mm-hmm. living near the Russian River and would regularly go to my favorite spot to swim. But this one day, my then partner and I decided to try a different area. Big mistake. Uh-oh. We get in the water and immediately swim into a cloud of macaroni salad. <laughs> what? <laughs> not, not a few noodles, but like a Costco bucket size amount. <laughs> Grossed out, we get out and start to get changed, and to my horror, as I'm pulling off my swimsuit, a man steps out of the bushes. I yelp and grab my partner and my towel, and my partner is about to give the guy shit for scaring me. Sure. But dude was like, hold on, I'll be just a sec, as he holds up a plastic produce bag with gray powder in it. I said, we're leaving, I just have to get changed. Oh, it's fine. Stay, he insists. He open, He proceeds to open the bag and let ash, let fly ashes. Human oh. ashes just flew oh. everywhere, but mostly directly on top of the cloud of macaroni salad. Satisfied, <laughs> weird guy says thanks and walked back into the bushes, leaving us in stunned silence. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. That's I a mean, good one, Francis. Yeah, that is so bananas. That... So, well, one, I hope that they are, I hope the macaroni salad and the ashes aren't connected. I hope that two separate people, I hope one person was like, 
my father would have loved to be buried here. He loved this river. He was a fly fisherman. And then the other person was like, this macaroni salad's bad. <laughs> and then just <laughs> dumps it and walks away. Um, gosh, that is so horrific. Also, just any time you're in nature and then there's any person there, it's the scariest thing that can happen to it you. It 100% is. A person you don't expect when you think you're alone in nature is fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. Like, no matter who it is. No matter what, I, I only when I camp, I am never worried about animals. I am worried about human beings being there. Yeah, and honestly, the less threatening the person, sort of the creepier it is. Like if you see like a guy walking uh, down a trail and he's got like an axe, you're like, well, he's supposed to be in the woods. But if you just came around and and Katie's grandmother, a little four foot eleven old eight year old woman, was standing there, you'd be like, we have died. We are in purgatory. Something bad is about to happen to all of us. <laughs> we. I had I had I had this amazing mushroom trip many many years ago in Edinburgh, Scotland. Love it. Uh, where me and two of my buddies, and this was back in the UK when mushrooms used to be legal. They used to be legal in the UK. You could just buy them, and they were fresh. Um, and we went up and uh, had this kind of like wonderful experience up in Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh, which is like this oh, big yeah. mountain, you know, in yes. Edinburgh. And we had really like the most amazing day sure. we could ever have. It had been hours. We, it, was, it, was, it was laughing and crying and watching like a storm roll in over the yeah, North Sea and God. like hit us and start raining on us. It was amazing. Gorgeous. So we're coming down and we're like walking down the mountain. We stopped to have sandwiches that we had packed for early. From you're earlier. prepared when you're doing mushrooms, and I respect that about you. You Thank said you. we might get hungry later. <laughs> we might get hungry later, and it was delicious. We were sitting down. <laughs> look, the sun was setting. It was a beautiful day. We're eating these sandwiches, and I was just like, I do not think this day could get any better. Aww. And then, as I finished the sentence, a fucking puppy. <laughs> runs up over the hill and just runs straight at us like across a field of purple heather he runs at us and then he's a little wiener dog uh and then just like comes and we're like oh my god oh my god oh my god And we're like petting this puppy petting this puppy then we're like feeding the puppy and it was no shit like a full five minutes before his owner came up behind him we legit for five full minutes just thought like they have sent us a puppy (laughs) We this is so perfect thank you edinburgh Uh, and then like the owner came up behind him and then like the the puppy followed him and they continued walking up the hill but it was like that's just that's the best thing to find is a puppy in the woods but yeah if you find an unexpecting grandma that's very upsetting oh that is such a beautiful story and it's like i did at any point did you ask the other people or person you're with like that really happened, right? Like you guys saw that too, or was it just like licking your face and having the time? I mean, no, we uh, were we were re- we were remarking on the, the 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 amount that we were remarking on how amazing it was was after, right after that we started walking down and we saw down on the road a news van, yes, and a news van. And you know when you're when you're tripping, you often are like every you think everything's connected, you know, and, and we're like, what's, <laughs> like, what is that news van doing there? Yeah, it was, it was me. It was John Daly. Was John Daly looked at me? He was one of our buddies. It was me, John Daly, Matt Donnelly, and John Daly just looks at me and goes, "They're here to cover the best day ever." That <laughs> 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 was just like absolutely perfect. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong <laughs> at wasn't. all. 
Oh, man. I, that is... God, I cannot wait for international travel to kick back in. Oh, I saw a story. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but that in Taiwan, they are letting people pretend to go to the airport. Did we talk about this already? What? No. Okay. I'll keep it brief, but there was a news story that was basically the Taiwanese airport had some upgrades and stuff, and then people in Taiwan are getting so depressed about not being able to leave the country, not being able to go to a mainland, not being able to go other places, that uh, it's become like a real issue there. So the government was like, okay, we're going to issue X amount of boarding passes, fake boarding passes, and what you do is you go and you bring your luggage, empty luggage, and you, they check you in and you go through security. You have to wear a mask. Everybody's like masked up. And then you are – they only let a certain amount of people. So the airport's kind of empty. Then they socially distance seat you on the plane. And then you just sit there and they tell you about like the new airport and the plane. And then you leave. But all these people were like, my son and I were going to travel for the first time and we couldn't. So I took him there. And then there's just photos of people sitting on this empty plane in masks just, just to have the experience of going to the airport. That is at the same time, like, I'm just because first off, as someone who has to travel all the time, that is the last thing I want to do is go (laughs) through security and then just sit on it on a plane during a pandemic. But at the same time, if you were about to take like a child who had never been on an airplane, uh, that would be super fucking cool for that kid. Yeah, it's like a trial run. Maybe yeah, if they have nerves or something. But it was like a lot of people were, you know, uh, 20 somethings, 30 somethings that were just like. I miss flying so much. I just want to sit on a plane. I know. Gosh, it, but yeah, that was a that was a fun one. My God, I love My that. God. My God, and also the another thing about the story too is that the the nudity. Like I am, a, I am always a big fan of getting naked in the woods. Of course, as you are. I have talked about on this, this podcast, I think I've seen your penis third most in real life of any ding dongs <laughs> counting my own my own is number one by a, by so much by, by so, so much mu- by, i've seen mine so much more than anybody else's but also but, uh, like i and i think and that's interesting because also in the past i would say seven years i've really dialed back my public nudity absolutely an impressive um, a noble amount a parental amount a parental say. amount really <laughs> but i definitely that is like the big fear is like when you're naked in the woods that like someone else is gonna like come out of the bushes <laughs> oh you gotta you gotta tell this you gotta tell the story about when you were a kid and you would take your clothes off it's it's oh. honestly one of my very favorite kurt stories and er, i heard you say this probably 14 years ago and it's it's the best. Please just tell. The I really story. should should write some stand up about it. I never have, but yeah. So I had a woods, a very narrow, <laughs> very narrow. It was <laughs> this is Neptune, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It was a very narrow uh, band of woods that was across the street from my house. It was in between Brighton Avenue and Shark River Hills and Route Thirty Five, and so I would say, literally from the street to the highway was a one-and-a-half-minute walk, right? Okay, sure. But there was a path that went down the middle of it in between this kind of, like, just a, really a, a median of trees. Yes. And I would go into this, uh, this, these woods. I would uh, go to a special place. <laughs> this is when I was, like, 12 or so. Uh-huh. And then I would take off all my clothes, <laughs> and then I would run away from my clothes and, like, see how far I could run away before I, I got nervous I and would it. turn around and run back and get clothed really quickly. And I would do it a lot, so I, like, would 
continually expand yeah. how far I would run away. <laughs> but literally, when I think about, like, in my mind as a kid, it was like the woods. It was like this huge yes. wilderness. And I went back recently, and I was like, it is. I could throw a stone <laughs> from the street to the highway. <laughs> like, it is so narrow. Oh, man. And you know there was one, like, strange neighbor who was not a threat but saw you do it the first time. And then she's, like, doing her macrame and then sees you do it again two weeks later. And, like, every time she reaches a little closer to the phone to dial 911. But I, I love that you were just a kid experimenting. Like, you were an only child. You were experimenting. Yep. It, it, it was, like, bravery. It wasn't even, like, sexual. It was, like, how brave yeah. am I? Um I'm sure your mom was at work, so you were just yeah. having like a little adventure, a little a little thrill seeker. Yeah, Kurt exactly. Brownoller, is- tiny thrill seeker. I love the woods, and I I, I hope I, I hope kids who grow up now have access to just like woods that were like they have no parental guidance. Um, you got it. I think it's a it's huge. You got it, man. God, we did it again, Scotty. That's a, we that's did the minisode. It. I love it. And just to, you know, I was thinking about this, Kurt, and to all our bananimals that are the kind of people that find themselves in strange situations and they want to laugh and then they feel like they can't laugh because the other people around them are lamos. We appreciate you listening. That's exactly how we've lived our entire lives is just being the one person being like, this is insane. Nobody else is going to laugh at this. Okay, I'm going to act normal and then go call my weird, weird friends later. Uh, we're here for you, and thanks for being here for us. We really appreciate it. You're the best. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas.